How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jack Daw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 17 For better, for worse, and you will not understand why. It had been over a week since he'd first woken up in the recovery ward, and Luke Skywalker was finally, finally about to be cleared from bed rest and allowed to roam about, or at least he hoped he was. Hardly able to contain his excitement as he sat through his final examination with Medic Pally and Medic Valent, Luke was nearly vibrating at the prospect of finally being allowed out of the medical wing, as great as receiving visitors yesterday had been. Dozens of people had come by over the course of the day, and many had told him that, while the receptionist, who Luke knew to be named Ethan, and who was very fond of all manner of organizational systems, had apparently and unceremoniously pulled a blaster on any groups larger than four, telling them at gunpoint to make the visiting group one of four, or he would do it for them, there were still many more people who had hoped to visit. He had been both touched and nearly disappointed to hear that, as he certainly would have loved to see all the people who decided to take a little time out of their day to come see him, or even to send him a small mountain of gifts. Casting a quick glance to where there was still an absolutely obscene amount of food and general tokens that had been gifted to him, Luke wondered if he'd ever be able to eat it all. He sighed silently. They were appreciated, of course, and he knew that more than a little work had been expended to gather some of these to give to him, but he really did wonder what he was going to do with the food. He couldn't possibly eat all of it, and even if pretty much all the food was packaged and able to be preserved for months, if not years at a time, it was still the principle of things. His instincts told him to hoard it away somewhere in case of lean times, but this wasn't the homestead where such behavior had not only been encouraged by his aunt and uncle, but refined to the point of being an art form. This was the lady, and while there were over 1.2 million people aboard, it wasn't a place of scarcity when it came to food. And at that point, it just felt wrong to hoard it, even if his instincts were telling him to store it all just in case. But frankly, he didn't know what else to do with it besides slowly eat his way through it over the course of the next few weeks or months, since it wasn't like anyone had so far agreed to help him eat through it. Huffing out a soft breath, Luke drew his attention back to where both Tylee and Mira were discussing his medical chart and whether or not to give him the clear to return to his more or less regular routine, even if he wouldn't be allowed to start working again for some time yet. They'd been at it for at least ten minutes by now, and glancing around the room at all present, Luke didn't think he was the only one who couldn't stand the suspense anymore. Or at least, he was pretty sure he wasn't. Boomer looked to be about two seconds away from starting to bite his nails, and for all that Volt and Slice were busy with a game of cards, they too glanced nervously toward the medics now and again, which inevitably nearly resulted in a fight when the other attempted to use the opportunity to read their cards while they were distracted. Cody and Apo were watching the proceedings with eyes that made Luke think of birds of prey, and Hex, while the man was once again on his datapad, was clearly paying attention towards the proceedings as well, if his occasional upward glances were anything to consider. And then there was Vader. Glancing up at the man standing still beside him, Luke couldn't help but be grateful for his presence here, even if he knew that the man technically ought to be working. But Vader had told him he would make time, and make time he had. Which led to where they all were at the moment, 
anxiously waiting on the conclusion of the discussion between the medics that was happening in the corner of the recovery ward and that, if Luke had to guess, seemed to finally be reaching a conclusion. Mira nodded towards Tylee as the lighter woman seemed to reach a conclusion, and both of them turned to face their little group once more as they walked towards them, a wide grin on Mira's face and a small quirk at the corner of Tylee's mouth. Well then, Tylee said as she neatly ordered her own data pad, I suppose we should no longer keep you in suspense and let you know our conclusions, no? She nodded towards Mira. Valent, I don't suppose you would be so kind as to give your assessment first. Mira snorted and winked with a smirk. Not at all, Penny. She agreed before turning to Luke as she clapped her hands together. All right, kid, I'll keep it short, since there's really not much to say about all this. You're good to go in my book. She paused in her explanation as a round of cheers went up, smiling just as wide as Luke was at those words. The Bacta did exactly what it was supposed to do, and I see no signs of the burns leaving any lasting damage, she continued easily. The grafts used to guide your body into reforming your skin the proper way have also all dissolved near perfectly. She shrugged a shoulder as she looked down to Luke, the lines in her face only serving to make her smile that much warmer. From a burn perspective, you're about as healed as you're going to get, kids, and I see no reason to stuff you into a bed any further. However, she continued before the cheering could restart again, burns are not the same as an amputation, and on that aspect I have no authority. She nodded toward Tylee again and stepped back. Take it away, Penny. Tylee seemed more than happy to do so as she stepped forwards, still smiling slightly. Thank you, Valent, she acknowledged with a dip of her head before consulting the data pad she was holding to her chest. Well, Ornal, you're progressing much better than anticipated, Luke, she noted as she scrolled through what he presumed was his file. Far above average in all terms of recovery, no phantom pains to speak of, as rapid an integration of the neural connection ports as I've ever seen, she summed up, still scrolling. Add to that the abnormally positive response to Bacter treatment, and the rate at which you progressed in adapting towards your prosthesis, and I'd say you're well at the positive end of the recovery spectrum when it comes to human physiology. With that, she tucked her data pad back to her chest as Luke waited with bated breath for what the outcome would be. Sons, he hoped he wouldn't be forced to stay in bed for another however long she would decide was necessary. He could barely handle the week he'd had to sit through so far, let alone another one. But Tylee smiled softly as she dipped her head towards him. As I can't see any further benefits to be gained from bed rest that couldn't be gained from a limited workload and light duty for a couple of weeks, I'm clearing you to leave the medical wing. You'll need to check in every day for the next five days, and every other day for the next ten days after that, but as of this moment, you're discharged from the recovery ward. She offered him a bright, genuine smile as the clones cheered loudly. Congratulations, Luke. Luke, for his part, was beaming wide enough that his cheeks hurt as Vader quietly squeezed his shoulder in mutual relief and celebration. Unfortunately, Vader was, and likely would always be, an utter mother hen. I would ask that you clarify what you mean by a limited workload, Minnick Penny, his home rumbled out, the tone soothing even as the words were not. There are quite a number of ways to interpret that statement, and not all are conducive to healing. And here Luke had to shoot a look of betrayal at Vader. Come on, he was almost out of here. But all he got from Vader was a quiet determination, and Tylee nodded at his words, the snickering amongst the clones telling Luke that he'd been had, and that he wasn't getting out of this one. Crossing his arms and blowing out of breath, he settled in as he was about to hear how, despite being allowed to roam, he still wouldn't be allowed a full range of motion. It's good that you mention it, my lord. Tylee agreed as she once more began to scroll through her data pad until she found the right section, clearing her throat. 
Considering the rapid recovery and adaptation to the prosthesis, I reevaluated the usual recovery schedule and recommend at least one more week of complete rest. No works, no projects, nothing. She finished that last sentence with a stern look towards Luke, and as much as he didn't like it, he knew he was outgunned here and nodded reluctantly. Understood, he agreed, even if with obvious enough reluctance that Vader saw it fit to softly squeeze his shoulder in comfort. Ty Lee, however, was utterly unmoved by Luke's distaste for being ordered to take it easy. Good, she said bluntly, resuming reading off of her data pad. If all goes well and you show enough improvement by the end of the week, I'll consider clearing you for light duty. And if that goes well for the following two weeks, then you can fully return to active duty, she finished, tucking her data pad back against her chest. Clear? Luke nodded his head miserably as he considered the next three weeks of being allowed to do little to nothing. Crystal, he muttered. Oh, come on, sir, Boomer said from off to the side. Think of it as a week of paid leave. Without the leave part, but definitely with all the rest of it. Shut up, Boomer, Cody snapped, turning to Luke with a sympathetic expression. It'll be over before you know it, sir, he tried to reassure Luke. Emily could see the man was clearly somewhat inexperienced with it all. He was trying, and that definitely counted for something. Smiling weakly at the trooper and getting a smile in return, he nodded his thanks. It won't be so bad, sir. Apple followed up. Who knows? You might even appreciate it. There's lots of ways to keep busy, and time will fly before you know it. Maybe sooner than anticipated, Vault muttered under his breath, before getting swiftly elbowed in the gut by a slice. Shut it, the other clone hissed. And before he could ask what all that was about, Luke felt Vader quietly squeeze his shoulder. Looking up, his gaze was met by familiar red lenses, staring back at him intently while he felt all manner of emotions gently push up against his mind, vying for acknowledgement and attention. Care, worry, hope, fear, love, a burning need to protect. Luke breathed out and nodded towards the man. He would wait out the week. He would. A feeling of gratitude washed over him. Vader's tense posture relaxed minutely, and that was that, Luke supposed. One week. He could do one week. Even if he wasn't allowed to work, he could still roam the lady and stretch his legs, no? All right, he muttered. Fine, so one week, then a reevaluation, and then light duty, he asked, unable to help the hopeful lilt at the end of his sentence. Tylee huffed out a light laugh and nodded. Yes, pretty much, she agreed, eyes sparkling with mirth. In the meantime, though, you're free to leave whenever you're ready. And I don't doubt that there are many people waiting to greet you back, which should be fine as long as you don't do anything too strenuous. She noted with a significant look, and that Luke couldn't help but feel sheepish over. That sheepishness was quickly overridden when he realized something else, though. I can't work, he said slowly, an idea beginning to form in his mind that echoed of long nights spent listening to the thunderstorms chase across the salt flats, the sweet tones of instruments joining the greatest percussion beat that anyone could ever dream of. But does that mean I'm also not allowed to be present while others work? He didn't need to work to help out, after all. Sometimes all that was needed was a particular kind of support that lifted the spirits and made for light and easy work. Tylee gave him a suspicious look, but nodded hesitantly. That should be fine, yes, she allowed. Though I will remind you that while there's certainly more than one loophole to be found in my instructions, I ask that you keep in mind the spirit in which they were intended. They are meant to help you recover, not to hinder. And I understand that, Luke reassured quickly, his mind flashing through a thousand memories while he did so. But I was merely asking in order to see if it would be okay to try something out, something that wouldn't involve working. A deep, rattling noise of static erupted from above him, and he instantly recognized it as one of Vader's chuckles. 
He speaks the truth, Medic Pelly, he rumbled. He is not intending to subvert your orders to the best of his knowledge, he stated, rubbing a discreet thumb over Luke's shoulder while the air swelled with a quiet pride that filled Luke with warmth and a feeling of recognition. See, Luke said, jattering towards Vader, just checking no mischief intended. I would not go that far, Luke, Vader countered as he crossed his arms, looking down at Luke over them with a significant look that he could feel even through the impassive mask. You get up to a far larger amount of trouble than could feasibly be dismissed as mere mischief. But I don't intend to, Luke pointed out in a tone that was definitely not a whine, definitely not. Doesn't that count for something? It counts towards your natural proclivity for landing yourself in difficult situations, certainly. Vader agreed easily, and Luke shot the man a dark look, and that wasn't what he'd meant, and Vader knew it. Something that was only confirmed when a light spark of amusement twitched through the air and danced around him in a manner that Luke refused to allow to affect him to the point of sulking, but which came pretty damn close. Killjoy, he muttered under his breath. I have certainly been called worse, Vader retorted blithely, amusement playfully nudging up against Luke until he was fighting to resist a smile. Fine, he conceded turning back to Tylee and Mira, who were watching the whole exchange with wide eyes and several bewildered emotions flying around, even as amused resignation seems to be chief amongst them, the clones making attempts of varying success at hiding their snickering. But would it be okay? He asked again, just to be sure. I won't be trying to do anything stupid, but if I have to sit in my room all day, I might just start climbing the walls. Tylee sighed, even as the corners of her mouth slightly quirked up, fondness pinging softly against Luke's mind. Well, I certainly wouldn't recommend wall climbing as your first attempt at exercise, but the rest should be fine, she allowed. As long as you don't perform any strenuous activity or operate heavy machinery, you'll be fine. Yes! Luke cheered as he popped a fist into the air, not even caring how it looked. He was finally getting out of here, and he was allowed to do something besides just sit in his room, alone, boring himself to death. He heard a quiet rumbling of static, and still grinning wide, he looked up to Vayner, matching the man's amusement with his own one-to-one. I agree, he said, satisfied like the loth cat that got the cream. This is sounding much better than I originally thought. Not so fast, Luke, Vader chided gently. You may have a medic's permission, but you will listen to any instructions she gives for your recovery process. What do you do with kicks, my lord? Cody said between coughs, which earned him a truly caustic glare from Vader that could be felt through the mask as it chilled the air, Cody holding up his hands in a gesture of surrender as Vader held the glare. Just saying, my lord. Luke caught the message and crossed his arms as he shot Vader a knowing smirk. Oh, so this is a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do kind of situation, he noted with some satisfaction as the air tinged with embarrassment, though Vader was quick to quash it. Exactly, he rumbled towards Luke, and denial was apparently something that they were skipping in its entirety now. My body works slightly differently than yours does, little one, he explained. The limits I possess are far greater to that of a regular human, and thus I require less maintenance. You, on the other hand, he said, pointing a finger, will be obeying Medic Pelly's orders, or I will personally ensure that you do. Giving the man a supremely unimpressed look, Luke inclined his head to the side in a lazy nod. If it will keep your fussing to a minimum, he said blithely, sure. He didn't think that Vader had ever been accused of fussing before as the way the man abruptly froze for a moment would have made Luke think that the servos in his prosthesis had frozen when he'd given his response if it weren't for the stunned shock that abruptly smacked into the air like a water bucket being turned in its head. 
The snickering and amused twinklings coming from the Vaudet told him that he wasn't the only one who had noticed it, but Tylee seemed to be rather lost with the whole situation. Which, considering that for all the fact that she was the foremost expert on prostheses aboard the Lady and yet Kick still seemed to be Vader's primary physician, he could at least understand that part. Vader seemed to be pretty intimidating to anyone who hadn't met him before, at least that's what Luke was gathering from all the interactions he'd witnessed so far. At last, Vader seemed to regain his voice, and Luke watched with some amusement as the man attempted to string together a sentence. "'I do not fuss, Luke,' he objected, voice still stilted from an emotion Luke couldn't quite decipher. "'You do?' Luke retorted easily, not caring too much about the increasing snickers coming from the clone's direction, with Vader following his lead. "'But you do it because you care, so it's fine in my book.' Newton, Vader eventually said with a dip of his head. Then, with another whisper of embarrassment, he turned back toward Tylee. Well then, Medic Petty, he said, voice still slightly stilted, though Luke doubted anyone else would be able to tell. Were there any other orders for Luke's recovery? Blinking once, Luke felt Tylee's attention snap back towards the task at hand. Right, she said, looking back towards her datapad. Pursing her lips into a line, she shook her head as she read through his file. Not that I can see, my lord, she answered. Everything seems to be in order, and if Luke keeps to his appointments, I see no reason to apply further instructions or restrictions. She glanced up towards Luke and smiled slightly. Just follow your check-in schedule, my instructions, and you should be all right. And the you-know-what, Doc? Boomer asked anxiously before Luke could get in a word edgewise. Shut up, Boomer, Cody hissed out, elbowing Boomer sharply. But it was too late, and Luke's curiosity perked up as he found a new target. You know what? he asked, grinning towards Boomer, who was now looking at it with wide eyes as he clapped a hand over his mouth, the air filled with mortification and the other clone's consternation. That sounds rather intriguing, he noted, laughter in his voice. I, uh, I, Boomer stammered, eyes still wide as he hastily backed away from Luke. Trouble, Hex suddenly spoke up, still scrolling through his datapad, calm as could be. If you spill, I will put you at the airlock and make you scrub the whole outside of this ship with a hand sonic. Seconded, Cody and Apo hissed, both commanders looking about two seconds away from hauling Boomer away to some undisclosed fate. Boomer squeaked and promptly slapped two hands over his mouth, casting a pleading look towards Luke, who was barely keeping himself from laughing. Deciding to take pity on the poor sergeant, Luke waved a hand towards the others to get their attention. All right, all right, that's enough of that, he told them easily. He didn't say anything critical, and I won't ask any further. Everyone relax. Thankfully, the other Vaudeus seemed to heed his words and relaxed their hostile stances, even if they were still glaring at Boomer, Luke noted, the poor man. Well, if I'm not allowed to know, he continued easily, an idea coming to mind as he drew all eyes to him and away from the unfortunate clone, then I don't see any point in continuing to ask, but if I can't ask about that, can I ask about something else? And what would that be, little one? Vader rumbled quietly at his shoulder. Would someone be willing to get me something more suitable than a shirt to pajama pants to get to my quarters? Luke asked bluntly, gesturing down to his standard white medical outfit consisting of a loose-fitting shirt and drawstring pants. I don't know about you, but I don't feel comfortable walking the hallways in this. Especially not a mere week after an assassination attempt. Preferably, he would have wanted to wear his runner gear, the hard-boiled leather lining some of his vitals giving him a sense of security even as he knew that it wouldn't stand up to anything but a glancing blaster bolt. Convincing the mind was half the battle, though, and even just feeling safer could make for a clearer head when needed. Which was why, when he knew he couldn't have his runner gear, he at least wanted to have his regular uniform to wear. 
Even if it wouldn't physically protect him, the mindset it put him in definitely would. Something which, to his pleasant surprise, someone else seems to have realized as well. Onitsu, Cody said with a nod, swinging a pack from where it had been slung on his back and beginning to rummage through it. Watching in amusement as the commander pulled out what looked to be one of his overalls, shirts, socks, and a plastic bag with his boots in them, Luke had to wonder how he'd either gotten access to his quarters or somehow convinced the quartermasters to give him a set. Here you go, sir, the commander said as he laid out the clothes at the foot of Luke's bed. Dare I ask who allowed you into my quarters to get those, Commander? Luke asked, tone light with amusement and danger hidden deep. If someone could get into his quarters despite him being as careful as he could with the codes, he'd either been let in or used an override code. If he'd been let in, it was fine. He trusted the people who knew his code to do right with it, and they knew it too. But if it was an override... I did, a familiar voice rumbled out, and Luke turned his head to raise an incredulous eyebrow at Vader. Vader looked right back at him and tilted his head. We thought you might wish to wear something other than medical fatigues, little one. So I let the commander in to collect a set of clothes and nothing else. My apologies if you found this invasive. We meant no breach of privacy, Vader murmured. Apologies for using the air and Luke instantly calmed down for the dread that had been building in his stomach. It was his home who'd allowed entry. Everything was fine. No, no, he declined. It's fine. I was just... He trailed off. Wary, Vader finished easily. Yeah, Luke admitted without shame. I got worried for a second that an override might have been used, and I don't really trust overrides right now. Not after he'd lost his arm because the Admiral's override codes worked on his workshop. He knew it was a necessity of working in the Navy, but he wouldn't lie and say that he didn't feel a great more comfortable with Admiral Piet holding those codes than he'd felt about Ozzel holding them. Understandable, Vader agreed. And perhaps even wise... Though you need not fear, Luke. After the assassination plot came to light, all access codes were revoked, including any overrides, with the only exceptions being my own Admiral Pietz and those of the Chief of the Fire Department and Chief Medical Officer. You would have to reinstate the ones of those you trust yourself. A weight fell off of Luke's shoulders as he smiled warmly at Vader, gratitude heavy in his chest. He knew this likely was far from regular protocol, and that there might be implications to be found about his state of mind in those actions, but he couldn't bring himself to care in the slightest how it looked to everyone standing outside of their little bubble. Vader understood Luke's wariness, supported it, and that was enough. Noted, he muttered gratefully, still smiling. He would have to think on those who would allow access to his quarters again, now that he had the knowledge that there might yet be people willing to declare him an enemy yet on the Lady. He already had some idea of who would be trusted once more, the Vodans, some members of his corps chief amongst them, but the rest would need a second look. Later. First, he needed to get dressed in something that wasn't essentially a set of pajamas. All right, he said, addressing the room at large. I need to get dressed, which means that I would like some space and privacy for a moment, please and thank you. That statement, accompanied by a significant look, seemed to do the trick as the two commanders began to herd out the other troopers present. All right, clear out. Don't make me say it twice. Apple ordered while pushing at Volt and Slice's shoulders, shoving the two troopers along. Give the armor some privacy. Boomer, you too. The cloning question sheepishly trailed after Apple, joined by Hex, still furiously tapping away at his data pad. And the procession closed out by Cody as they headed for the recovery ward's door. Watching on in bemused amusement, Luke nodded back to Cody when the man quickly glanced back towards him. Just let us know when you're done, sir. And with that, they were out of the recovery ward. Shaking her head at the antics of the Vode with a smile, Tylee nodded towards Luke as well. That's my cue, then, 
she nodded. I have to go back to my other patients, but I'll be seeing you tomorrow for your appointment, Luke. Right, Luke agreed, smiling back. Pleasant day then, Tally. Don't forget to clear out your nightstand, hmm? She said by way of goodbye, casting a significant look towards the piled-high piece of furniture, and then she was out the door. With Ty Lee gone as well, Vader finally came into motion, and with a quick squeeze of Luke's shoulder, he headed towards the door as well, slipping around the corner as the door hissed, sliding shut. Shaking his head at the whole production, Luke focused on the clothes at the foot of the bed. Pulling back the covers, he swung his legs over the bed, shivering as the cold floor touched the soles of his feet. Grabbing the clothes, Luke changed out of the medical fatigues with quick, precise movements, his prosthesis slipping in and out of sleeves as easy as any organic hand, and before he knew it, he'd zipped up the front of his overalls and was pulling on his steel-toed boots, a process that was surprisingly easy with the strong grip of his prosthesis. Straightening up again and stretching a bit this way and that, Luke concluded that he'd never been this happy to be back in his uniform, not even when he finally got to change out of his dress uniform and get back to work on the lady. Walking over to his nightstand, Luke picked up his ocarina still stashed there and carefully slipped the beaded string over his head, tucking the instrument into his overall. There, he was ready. Shaking himself one last time to get the overalls to fall properly out of their just clean stiffness and rolling up the sleeves just a bit to show off his newest addition, Luke grinned wide as he headed for the door, feeling more like his old self than he had in days. With a click and a hiss, the door opened to reveal the clones engaged in a lively conversation in Mandawa, Vader shortly interjecting in the same language before they all fell silent as they caught sight of Luke. Beaming at the men, a round of applause came his way as he stepped out into the hallway, giving a playful twirl when Boomer whistled sharply. "'Oh yeah, he's back, lads!' the man crowed happily, grinning just as wide as his brothers while he clapped. Hex smiled slightly as he finally looked up from his datapad, tucking the thing under his arm. "'Just in time too, sir,' he commented. "'Everything's ready. And with the confirmation of Medic Pelly. Confirmation? They must have talked in the hallway, because Luke remembered no confirmation. We're ready to go. Wait, seriously? Boomer asked. It's done. How the hell did you pull that off? Hex shot the other man an icy look. It's called hard work trouble, he sniffed, before turning back to the rest of them. But yes, we're ready to go. Ready to go for what? Luke asked, feeling rather lost. No time, Boomer said excitedly his enthusiasm coloring the air around him like a sunset as he started to push Luke along into the hall. Come on, come on, we're going to gather up the accumulated objects inside the recovery ward first. A deep voice rumbled, cutting into Boomer's excitement and freezing the trooper in his tracks, giving Luke the opportunity to duck out from under the man's overenthusiastic efforts. Just like Medic Penny requested, Vader finished, crossing his arms and staring them all down. Right you are, sir, Cody said, matching Vader's stance one-to-one -one as he too looked at Boomer, who was smiling sheepishly back at them, rubbing the back of his neck as embarrassment and vague apology spilled through the air. Right, I forgot, he mumbled before perking up, excitement sparking back to life in the air like fireworks. All right then, he said, clapping his hands together. Let's gather up that stuff and get going. Get going to where? Luke asked again, still feeling a bit lost. What are we doing? No time, no time, Boomer repeated already rushing back into the recovery ward to start gathering up the many gifts and paraphernalia Luke had been gifted over the last 24 hours. Volt, Slice! Help a Volt out! He shouted over his shoulder. Volt sighed and Slice rolled his eyes, exchanging significant looks before heading in as well, Luke following behind them to see what in the name of the sons was going on. Stepping in through the door, he saw that Boomer was already busying himself with shoving the small mountain of food that Luke had been gifted into his pack, 
whole heaping armfuls of dessert rations and various packaged sweets and baked goods disappearing into the pack. Volt and Slice, meanwhile, were busying themselves with all the cards and miscellaneous gifts he had received, carefully putting them into their own packs while Volt admonished Boomer to be more careful. Shaking his head, Luke joined in and began helping Boomer pack away all the various cakes and cookies that he'd been gifted, making sure that the fragile and spongy foodstuffs weren't squished in Boomer's haste. When the whole mountain of gifts and food had been packed away at an astonishing rate, Luke was once more nearly hauled to the door by an enthusiastic Boomer. All right, we got it all, the man said as he dashed out towards where the two commanders had been slowly inching their way into the room as well. Let's go. The man stopped in the middle of his tracks, and Luke nearly tripped with how suddenly the forward momentum he'd been dragged into fell away. Looking back towards the frozen trooper, Luke was astounded to see that the man had, quite literally, been frozen mid-stride. Staring wide-eyed at the sight, Luke tried to figure out how, in the name of the desert, Boomer was balancing completely still on one foot mid-stride, while only his eyes seemed to move. "'I would appreciate it, Sergeant Boomer,' Vader rumbled darkly, and all of a sudden it clicked for Luke that he was the one holding the trooper immobile. "'For you to be more careful with your manhandling of Luke.' With that, whatever invisible hold there was in the trooper fell away, and Boomer stumbled slightly while regaining his balance, yelping as he tripped. "'Fuck! Oh, shit!' Boomer swore as he nearly face-planted into the ground before hastily straightening up and snapping off a nervous salute to Vader. "'Right, yes. Of course, my lord,' he agreed hastily, even as the air was still clearly thrumming with the sergeant's excitement. He turned back towards Luke, and for a moment, he thought that the man was going to haul him along again, but instead Boomer merely stayed in place, nearly vibrating with excitement. "'But can we go? Now! Please!' "'Where?' Luke asked again." Exasperation coloring his tone as the troopers began to move around him, his feet traveling with them as they walked down the hallway, still none the wiser as to where they were going. A rumble of static and a heavy hand resting on his shoulders signaled Vader walking up to his side, a strange kind of anticipatory contentment shrouding the man. "'You will see soon enough, little one,' his home muttered quietly. "'But for now, please trust us.' Looking up towards the man as the shroud of quiet contentment and burgeoning joy drew in around him as well, Luke felt the confusion and stress that had been building wash away and relaxed. All right, he muttered back, now walking easily alongside Vader. Just tell me how. Follow us to where we're leading you, little one, Vader answered quietly, hand still resting on Luke's shoulder and squeezing gently, and allow us to surprise you. A surprise? I reserve the right to bolt if it's a jump scare, Luke muttered back, bumping softly against Vader's side while they walked down the medical wing's halls, the troopers once again engaged in their own conversation that he could only pick up half of, though the half he did pick up seemed to mostly be hex-hissing insults toward Boomer for hauling Luke along like that as the latter tried to defend himself. Vader rumbled out a chuckle and dipped his head slightly. Duly noted, little star. They walked in silence after that, keeping each other quiet company while the clones talked around them about all manner of things in their own tongue, the air light and gentle with excitement and joy. Checking himself out at the reception and wishing Ethan a pleasant day of organizing all manner of things, Luke got ushered into the elevators by the clones, with Vader once again fending off Boomer when the man's excitement got the better of him, something for which he was still apologizing by the time they got to the railcar station when Vader refused to allow him near Luke again, to Luke's own great amusement. Oh, come on, sir, Boomer whined. I didn't mean to knock into the Garan. Please. He folded his hands in an utterly ridiculous begging pose again, setting up the biggest eyes he could while Vader squarely planted himself between Boomer and Luke. 
Until such a time that you have either calmed down, or are no longer in a quarter-ton heavy suit of power armor, the answer remains no, Sergeant, Vader answered testily, crossing his arms as he stared the trooper down. Boomer turned his wide eyes over to Luke as he leaned sideways around Vader to meet his gaze. Sir? he asked, tone hurt and pleading, looking for all the world like a kicked pup. Giving the clone a fond but exasperated look, Luke shook his head. Boomer, you nearly sent me flying into a wall. I'm sorry to say it, but I'm staying behind Vader until you're no longer hyped enough to forget that you're inside an exoskeleton that makes you strong enough to snap me in two. Whining lowly and hanging his head in an utterly melodramatic pantomime of remorse, Boomer dropped off to the side of the rail car and sunk to the stilted laughter of his brothers. Rolling his eyes at the man's antics, Luke shifted his attention towards the door of the rail car when he felt his body began to sway forward as the car came to a halt. Once the door swung open and he stepped out, he noticed with some confusion that they were in the station just outside the mess hall assigned to the corps. Turning towards the others with a questioning look, he noticed the utter glee and excitement sparking in their eyes, with even Hex smiling slightly as they walked out, the air thick with anticipation. "'Not much further now, sir,' Cody noted with a grin. "'Come on, let's go.' Now thoroughly puzzled, but very, very curious, Luke allowed Vader to steer him along with the clones down the hallway, which was strangely deserted. Looking around the arching hallway that was empty save for their tiny group, Luke couldn't ever recall seeing it like this, not even during the graveyard hours between shift changes. "'Where is everyone?' he asked, looking around to see if he could find any souls still lingering around but finding no one. "'Is there something going on?' "'You'll be finding out soon enough, sir,' Apple told him, an edge of laughter drawing into his voice as they approached the entrance of the mess hall. Anyways, we're here. Then this is where I leave you, little one, Vader muttered quietly with a squeeze of his hand. I wish you the best of luck. What? Luke asked, head whipping around to face the man. Why? Do you need to go do something? Please no, he was feeling nervous enough without Vader leaving him to whatever the clones had planned. But the vocoder hissed out a short burst of staticky amusement as Vader shook his head. Not necessarily, little one, he denied gently. But my presence would not be a welcomed one where you are about to walk into. It is best that I leave. Nuts to that noise, Luke protested without hesitation. If I can go in, so can you. And then a bit quieter so the clones wouldn't pick up on it. You're my home, and I'm yours. If you're not welcome, I can't be either, he asserted firmly. And I wouldn't want to be either. A strange hitching sound startled out of the vocoder, and for a moment the air froze in place as something small and fragile dipped up out of Vader's presence for a split second before diving back out of Luke's reach. An admirable sentiment, little one, he murmured eventually, still taking care to keep his tone low enough to avoid being overheard by the clones who were, Luke noticed, doing their damnedest not to pay attention to him and Vader, but not a practical one. He will not do you any good to tie yourself so closely to one such as I. Luke shot a glare to the man and set his jaw. Yeah, he said mutinously. Watch me. Now come on, I'm going to find out what's going on, and you're coming with. Leaving no room for argument, Luke grabbed Vader's hand and began to haul the man along, grateful in the back of his mind that Vader seems to be too stunned to protest. Catching up with the clones again, who seems to be doing their level best not to start laughing at Luke and Vader for reasons Luke wasn't all too sure about, but that made something within Vader spark with equal amounts of embarrassment and ire. Rolling his eyes at the man, he shot the Vodé a stern look that thankfully worked to taper off the worst of the suppressed laughter. All right, he said, only releasing his hand when he was sure the man wasn't going to try to bolt again and setting his hands in his sides. 
Now what? Just head through the door, sir, Hex told him, a rare glimmer of amusement in his voice as his eyes lit up. You'll know it when you see it. Shooting the sergeant a raised eyebrow at the near non-answer, Luke shored up his resolve and nodded, only turning back to Vader one last time to jab a finger in his direction. Don't you dare bolt, he told the man. I'll know and I'll be very upset with you if you leave me to the Anubas. He got the impression of a slow, bemused blink from the man as he eventually dipped his head into a single nod. I will not, Luke, he agreed eventually, and the whispering sand in the back of his mind shivered with truth. Satisfied that the man wouldn't attempt to pull any more of the bullshit he'd been spouting earlier, Luke nodded firmly and turned back to the entrance of the mess hall, Boomer giving him a double thumbs up and a wide grin. Breathing deeply, he walked around the corner and... Surprise! A shockwave of sound slammed into him and nearly sent him bolting as he registered a hundred, a thousand, a hundred thousand voices all yelling at once and only resisting by the skin of his teeth. Then the sight in front of him registered. Welcome back, Luke! The whole mess hall packed far beyond capacity into the very brim with people, all looking in his direction and smiling wide, the very air silver and shining with joy and giddiness as Luke stared, gobsmacked at the spectacle, as he saw hands clapping wherever he looked. Tens of thousands of people, all of them troopers, engineers, or other crewmates, and wherever he looked, he recognized people he knew. What? A laugh sounded off to his side, and looking over, he saw Erebus walk over to him with a rare, wide grin plastered on their face. Welcome back, sir, the man said, for once foregoing their usual salute in favor of clapping a warm hand on Luke's shoulder. As you can see, we're glad to have you among us again. Erebus, he greeted still halfway stunned by what he was seeing, but slowly feeling the heavy, rousing emotions saturating the air, infecting his own mood, changing it into something bright and soaring. "'What is the meaning of all this?' he asked, gesturing lightly to all the people gathered around, some of them clearly having climbed on top of the tables and into the elevated balconies until there were even people precariously hanging over the edge. "'Well, what does it look like, sir?' someone yelled for the crowd, and Luke immediately picked out Rocco from the crowd. "'grinning as wide and mischievous as anything. "'It's a party!' "'Party?' he asked, feeling entirely dumbfounded. "'Did he forget an imperial holiday or something?' "'To celebrate your ass returning to keep this ship from sinking into abject misery and bad times!' "'Gearbox called out as he strode out from the crowd with a shitting grin, "'a glass of something amber in his hand that Luke, as his CO, "'should probably disapprove of while they were still technically on the clock. "'Or at least he thought they were.' So, with some work from me and Hex and Erebus and a couple of favors from our good Lord Vader and the new Admiral, we arranged something, Kirbox continued. Consider this us saying, thank fuck you're back, he finished blithely, gesturing with his glass before turning to the vast crowd behind him. Ain't that right, lads? A deafening roar of cheer and applause rose up again, nearly knocking Luke off his feet along with sending his head spinning from the sheer power of emotions he was feeling filling him up with what felt like liquid starlight for all the power and sheer giddiness it contained, and making him feel, for a moment, like he was on top of the world. These people, they were here for him, to celebrate him returning to life within the Lady, and that was just sons, that was just so much. And Luke didn't quite know where to begin with all that, but he could try nonetheless. He beamed as wide as he ever had and held up a hand to call for silence, his heart swelling when the cacophonous roar of celebratory sounds immediately began to die down until he was standing in near silence just moments later. Stepping forward, Luke opened up his mind and presence to the thousands of people in front of him, and maybe he should have felt nervous about what he was about to do. 
But all he could think and feel was that these were his people, each and every one of them, and clearly he was theirs as well. Any nerves that he might have felt washed away in the sheer power of the emotions of all present, unfettered and wild and bright, and for a moment he felt invincible. With all eyes on him, Luke smiled wide and opened his mouth. "'Thank you,' he said, his voice clear and echoing as he projected it in a manner that he knew could echo for leagues across the salt flats, and would hopefully carry far enough here, too. "'All of you,' he continued, looking around the sea of faces and smiling at each and every one of them, everything bright and soaring and so, so grand as he slowly walked into the crowd, the people parting to make way before him. "'I would say many a thing to all this, but, well—' He shook his head with a beaming grin as he looked around the room, noting that there'd even been makeshift decorations to put up all over the place. Frankly speaking, I don't know what to say, he confessed. To put together all this just to celebrate my return, it's more than I know how to respond to. He turned his gaze back down and looked into the thousands of faces around him, thousands of different faces of all manner of colors and complexions looking back at him, each as unique as could be. So thank you he stated, voice echoing throughout the hall, unimpeded by the usual chatter he had thought nearly a part of the place. "'Thank you from the bottom of my heart,' he finished, dipping his head into a small bow to the room at large. "'Sir,' a voice spoke from behind him, and turning around revealed Hex stepping forward with an unusually open expression on his face, a smile dancing around the corners of his mouth, and Luke abruptly remembered how the man had been practically glued to his screen." realizing now that he must have been organizing this. Turning his full attention toward the sergeant, Luke nodded with a smile as warm as he felt as he experienced the results of what the man must have done, his heart full of something indescribable as he felt the wealth of emotions around him and directed towards him. Of course, Hex, he said with as much sincerity as he can manage. By all means. Hex cleared his throat uncomfortably but nodded. I believe I speak for all of us, sir, he said voice wavering only a little, and Luke belatedly realized that perhaps the reason Hex was such a quiet character was perhaps because he disliked the weight of attention on him from this many people. When I say it should be us thanking you, I know that it must seem odd to you, but... He huffed out a quiet laugh and shook his head. I don't think you will ever understand just how much you've done for us, and are still doing for us. Gran. He looked around at his brothers, sisters, and siblings gathered around and packed high to the ceiling. All of us. Murmurings of agreement rose up from the crowd, and some people yelled some incomprehensible phrases from the sidelines, but with a quick gesture from Luke that he still couldn't believe was as effective as it was, the murmuring subsided again until he could hear his own voice once more. Chuckling, Luke tilted his head to the side, regarding Hex and the swirl of emotions coming from him that filtered through the back of Luke's mind. Perhaps not, he agreed. But believe me when I say that I understand just how much work must have gone into arranging this. He too looked around at all the people gathered once more, drinking in as many faces and individual strands of emotion in the web that held him tight. And how all of you showed something extraordinary to me today by attending. Thousands of people, all here to welcome him back. He couldn't even begin to say how close he was to tearing up. He'd had doubts a couple of times these last few days, wondering if he'd misread more interactions with people, if he could have so severely misjudged how dangerous Ozel was, but this, this was real. 
and he hadn't expected it, and he'd severely misjudged just how much he apparently meant to all these people, underestimating them as well, and he couldn't think of anything he had done to deserve all this, but this was real. And everyone here had worked to make it so. Sometimes Luke could truly believe that life could be unfair in all the most wonderful ways. Wiping away the building tears at the corners of his eyes with a quick motion, Luke beamed towards Hex. So no, he concluded. Maybe I don't understand, but sons, that doesn't mean that this isn't something that will stay with me for years to come. He looked back towards the crowd, catching as many eyes as possible. Or that this doesn't mean something incredible to me. It did, too. He could already tell that this was a memory he wouldn't easily forget. All right, all right, Gearbox cut in, dabbing at the corners of his eyes with a handkerchief that had more than one machine oil stain. Cut it out before the waterworks begin, sir, the clone grumbled. There's supposed to be a moment for getting drunk with the lads, and making ill-advised decisions, not a damn tyranny heart heart to heart. You're the one crying, old man, Rocco called back before turning to Luke. The old coot's got a point, though, sir. Can we start breaking out the Tihar or what? Luke bunked out a laugh and shook his head in amusement. Right, he agreed, addressing the crowd at large, projecting his voice loud and sonorous again. All right, people, he called out, voice ringing out bright and true along the high ceilings and arching walls. Let's get this party started! A thunderous cheer went up as tens of thousands of people raised their glasses in a salute, the party kicking off properly as someone got a hold of the PA sound system, blasting the galaxy's latest hits over the speaker system. As the opening riff of an electric guitar echoed through the mess hall turned party central, the almost stage-like space that the crowd had granted to Luke began to close up, and before he knew it, he'd been hoisted onto the shoulders of two troopers, bellowing creak, and was towering over the sea of heads and voices. To the lady's son! Someone yelled. And before Luke could begin to ask who that was, the sentiment echoed throughout the crowd as many a glass raised and a toast. To the lady's son! The answering cries came, and Luke realized with a flash of heat that stained his cheeks red that they were toasting to him. The lady's son. Since what if they started calling him that? He hardly got the time to dwell on it as he was promptly taken around the mess hall in what he could almost call a parade as Bellowing Creek carried him in a long, twisting procession through the crowds. The progress was slow and cumbersome as people clustered around them, even after a couple of other troopers took the task of regulating the crowds upon themselves, each intent on greeting Luke. It seemed everyone wanted to give him a handshake, and while Luke couldn't properly shake them all, even if he tried, when he held out his hands, people seemed more than content just touching their own to his for however long they could manage until they were pushed out of their spot or the troopers passed them by. Even with that, there wasn't enough space, and hands gently goated along his forearms and what parts of his legs they could touch in an irreverent act that Luke didn't quite understand, but noticed nonetheless. The whispers in the back of his mind almost sounded like laughter as he puzzled over the sheer ocean of emotions that seemed to surround their little procession the people quieting down from the loud, cacophonous sounds of the party to mere murmurings as they approached Luke, each attempting to get close enough to touch him, if only for a moment. There was something strangely adoring and yet respectful about the whole affair that left Luke feeling humbled at the realization that this is what people could feel about him. He met thousands of people that way, and in the end, though he tried his damnedest, he thought he might not have memorized every face that had looked up to him with varying degrees of shining awe and wonder as they reached out to touch the tips of their fingers to his palms, his wrists, 
his forearms, regardless of whether it was organic or not. He tried, though, he really did, and he asked for names to put to the faces whenever he could, taking in the hushed whispers of Kala, Pharrell, Uktar, Winnie, Callum, Oratos, Jatrim, and so many others, and matching them to the people that had spoken them. And every time he told them it was a pleasure meeting them, and that he'd remember them, and there was a thrum of something in the air that wove through the back of his mind like wind through sand, something that he couldn't quite name, but that felt that felt so much like what he felt when he'd taken a part in freedom rites. And the elder officiating had called on Kestra, mirrored. He wasn't sure why it felt mirrored, or even how he could tell, but it did. And that felt important to him, in a way he couldn't quite express yet. It felt like something familiar and foreign at the same time. It felt powerful. It felt like a promise. More and more people gathered around them, and the pace of the troopers slowed down to a crawl, even as several more of the Vaudea joined the first, in order to try to make some semblance of order out of the droves of people. It proved to be a futile endeavor, and Luke wouldn't have been able to bring out a single word beyond a greeting if he'd held a blatter to his head as he watched the sea of people around him, all reaching out to greet him. Thousands of hands, tens of thousands of people, and joy that hung as thick in the air as molasses. Sons, what had he ever done to deserve this kind of treatment? Bullsick. One of the troopers cursed over the murmuring sound of the crowd as they futilely tried to make a path for Bellowin Creek. Looking down revealed that Grace had joined the others trying to rein in the crowds. We're never gonna get anywhere like this, he muttered, and Luke had to agree as he saw the sheer number of people gathered around. Grinning down at the trooper as he greeted another dozen people, Luke allowed a chuckle to slip out of his mouth. Will that really be so bad, Grace? he asked with a slightly teasing lilt. It seems to be going well so far. The trooper shot a wry look towards Luke and tipped his head. Sure. But aren't you going to want to join the party eventually, sir? Grace asked him with a significant look. I don't think you'll be able to enjoy much with everyone clustered around like this. He noted with a sweeping gesture towards the sea of people stretching out around them on all sides. Luke laughed delightedly. As bright and true as his entire being seemed to sing with everything around him, Grace's face softening as the worry lines seemed to melt away from his face as easy as breathing. I think I'm fine with that, Grace, he told the man, sincerity in every word as he grinned wide at all the people he had yet to greet. As long as there are people who want to meet me, I'm more than willing to meet them as well. Grace huffed out a laugh as he glanced around the crowds. Even with this kind of crowd, sir? he asked as he looked out over the sheer number of people still drawing closer and attempting to reach out to touch his hands and arms in greeting. Luke beamed at the man as he met Bant, Uliu, Artis, Mesha, Vartok, and Quiri, greeting them all in turn and memorizing their faces as best he could. Of course, he responded, letting them all touch their fingers and palms to whatever part of his arms they could reach. As long as Bellow and Creek are okay with it, I want to meet everyone here, he stated, looking down towards the two troopers still carrying him on their shoulders. You guys doing okay? he asked, feelings of concern leaking through. They had been walking with him on their shoulders for a long time already, and although they had been the ones to pick him up, he probably still should have checked in sooner than this, even if he couldn't feel any distress or discomfort from them. Bella laughed a deep chuckle that jostled Luke slightly. Not to worry, sir, the trooper reassured him. We can barely feel your weight at all. I'm pretty sure that you know that this armor is made for tougher things than carrying a slip like you around. Too right, Creek agreed with a nod. We can keep going for as long as needed, sir. And I'm pretty sure you'll be more tired by the time we're done than we are. 
Luke grinned wide and turned his gaze back ahead to the countless people still waiting. All right, then, he declared, excitement returning in full force. Let's continue on. There's still so many more names to learn. The troopers laughed, and Rocco shook her head as she funneled three dozen more people into the proper positions so they would be able to meet Luke without having to talk to his back. Still, don't know how you're planning on remembering all of them, sir, she noted. I think I lost track right about the beginning and haven't found it back since. Luke furrowed his brow as he gave her a confused look. I just remember them, he said slowly. I might have missed a few, but generally I remember them. Rocco's eyes flew wide as she glanced back towards him, and he felt bellowing creak stiffen slightly under him. You mean you actually remember them? She asked in a hushed tone, something sparking to life in the air. All of them. Luke pursed his lips as he received the names of Rasalt, Corto, Nila, Queer, Fas, and Yem, memorizing their faces with each name spoken and greeting them all back. I think I might not remember a couple, he admitted quietly as he spoke to Rocco. I've never met this many people in one go before, but most of them, of course, he said, smiling slightly to the gobsmacked woman. I did promise to remember them, didn't I? Rocco opened and closed her mouth a couple of times, and while he waited for her or the other troopers to say something, he met Reslam, Hakma, Virit, Zantor, Bacchus, and Iris, each touching their own hands to his. When one of the troopers finally spoke again, Luke was nearly surprised to hear Grace take over the conversation with a single sentence. You're kind of incredible, sir, the man muttered as he directed yet another dozen people to Luke in a manner that wouldn't trample anyone while allowing Bellowing Creek to make marginal progress. Aren't you? Luke blinked in surprise and nearly missed Ferrant's name. I mean, I don't think so, he said. Why? Never mind, Chris said with a grin that spoke of fondness. I think there's another couple of people waiting to meet you, sir. Knowing that Grace was blatantly attempting to change the subject, but not feeling much like protesting it, Luke allowed himself to get distracted with the thousands of introductions and names once more. He didn't know how much time passed like that, carried around in an ever-growing procession of people, and if he was honest, he didn't care to know. To meet so many new faces and names, the air saturated with a tangle of powerful emotions that seemed to weave around him like a focal point. It was an experience Luke could only describe as ethereal, his mind alight with equal parts nova and nebula of lights as they proceeded onwards. At several points, they passed along the balconies, and Luke looked up in breathless wonderment as people threw down confetti, streamers, and even paper flowers. Catching a wreath of those flowers as it was tossed his way from up high, Luke smiled wide as he marveled over the rich, royal blue of the flowers edged with gold-painted details, and the delicate yet strong quality of the paper the flowers were made of. "'It's a crown, sir!' Rocco called to him while managing a group of upcoming people who had managed to push to the front of the crowd. "'Try wearing it!' Flipping the wreath in his hands as he looked at it with a new eye, he looked over the crowd and noticed something. People caught the flowers raining down from the balconies and presented them to each other, wearing them behind their ears or sticking one in their hair. But none of them wore crowns, as Rockwell called them, and none matched the color of his own. "'Why is no one else wearing a crown?' he called back, wondering what the deal there was. "'Well, you're the guest of honor, aren't you, sir?' Rocco told him, directing the people towards him. Just wear it, sir. I know for a fact that Tinkroner Squad spent a lot of time on that. Still feeling like he was filled with liquid starlight and feeling more than a little giddy, Luke couldn't see what harm it would do and placed the crown of blue and gold paper flowers on his head with a brilliant grin. The paper was delicate enough that he hardly even noticed it once it fitted in place, and snug enough that it wouldn't just fall off. 
though the fact that people cheered and clapped when he put it on made him think that perhaps he'd played straight into someone's hand. Ah, uh, well, it clearly made them happy, and if Luke was honest with himself, the flowers made him happy as well. More and more flowers and confetti and streamers were thrown down as they passed the balconies, and Luke was fairly sure that he had more than one flower stuck in his hair that wasn't a part of the crown. None of that mattered when they finally returned back to the beginning of their long, long procession around the mess hall, and Luke spotted a familiar dark figure standing unobtrusively near the support pillar of one of the balconies. Looking over the sea of people, Luke beamed wide as he realized that Vader had stayed. Red lenses looked back at him, and for a moment, Luke could feel the familiar starless night of Vader brush up against his mind, warm and heavy with a deep golden pride that shone like moonlight, the mask dipping into a shallow bow of his head that felt so sincere, Luke hardly knew how to respond. Well, that wasn't entirely true. Cheeks hurting with just how wide he was smiling, he tapped Bellow and Creek on the shoulder to get their attention. Yes, sir, Creek asked, looking up. You're getting tired? Luke chuckled and shook his head. No, but I spotted someone I'd like to go to. Would you please put me down so I can get to them? Creek looked around the crowd before looking back to Luke, pulling a face. You sure about that, sir? No offense meant, but I'm not certain that you wouldn't get squished. The crowd means well, but there's still thousands of them and only one you. Creek's right. Bellow piped up, scanning the crowd as well. Just tell us where to go, sir, and we'll take you there. Conceding the point, Luke decided to follow the clone's lead on this one. All right, he agreed. They're over by that support pillar there. Think you can make it? Bellow squinted in the direction Luke was pointing, angling his head a bit up to get a better read on the direction from where they were, down to the crowds, before nodding. You got it, sir. You catch the drift, Creek. Sure did, the other trooper agreed. Did you all? He asked projecting his voice just a bit louder to the other troopers managing the crowds. Copy, Rocco called back, agreement from the others echoing hers as well. We'll make a path. With that, and a move that warmed Luke to the core, the troopers collectively changed course, heading for the pillar. Luke still greeting as many people as he could while the progress was made. Dozens of greetings and many shuffled paces later, they finally broke through into what Luke always thought of as Vader's little bubble of prickly intimidation— the people melted away in front of them, and the troopers came to an abrupt halt as they finally must have seen who Luke wanted to head for. Ah, uh. Creek said flatly as his eyes locked on at the towering black figure of Vader standing idly at the foot of the support pillar. Right. Should have seen that one coming. Rocco agreed with a nod. Not understanding in the slightest what the troopers were on about, but sensing a fission of discomfort shiver into the air, Luke decided to cut to the chase and gently tapped Bellow and Creek on the shoulder again. Put me down, please, he asked again. I would like to go talk to him. Creek snapped back to the present with a short noise of realization while Bellow nodded. Right, he said. Down you go, sir. Creek, pay attention. I got it, I got it. Creek responded while both troopers carefully knelt down in order to let Luke hop off with minimal hassle. Standing on his own two feet again, Luke looked back towards them and dipped his head in gratitude. Thank you, he said with as much warmth as he could muster. Both of you. Bellow and Creek straightened up out of their kneel, Creek clapping him in the shoulder while Bellow grinned. It's no issue, sir, he said. It was an honor, in fact. Just let us know if you need a ride again for this kind of thing, Creek agreed. We'd be more than happy to help out, he grinned mischievously. It wouldn't do to let a Garan get squished, after all. Luke rolled his eyes but grinned back. Noted, he said easily. Thank you, again. He took a step back so he could address all the troopers that had been a part of his impromptu procession around the mess hall. Thank all of you, he repeated with a warm smile, 
Now please excuse me while I go talk to Vader for a bit. Of course, sir, Grace said, dipping his head. Corners if needed, all right? I will, Luke promised. Now please, go enjoy the party. Rocco snorted and attempted to ruffle his hair, Luke barely ducking to avoid her hand with a mock glare that was promptly ruined by his grin. Already was, thank you very much, sir, she sniffed. But you don't have to tell me twice. She grabbed Grace and Creek by the arm, promptly hauling them away. All right, boys, let's get us some of that tea And with that, she disappeared back into the crowd, the rest of the troopers following behind her. Shaking his head with a grin, Luke turned back, seeing Vader already come to approach him. Hey, he greeted his home. You stayed. As I said I would, Vader agreed placidly. Luke took up his place at the man's side and gently bumped into him. Thank you, he muttered. That means a lot. It was no hardship, Vader rumbled back. And you seem to have had a grand time of it, he noted, gently stroking a finger along the paper blooms still in Luke's hair. Luke beamed as he looked out over the thrumming crowds. A great time, he agreed. I never met this many people before, and they all wanted to meet me as well. He breathed in deeply, taking in the air still shot through with silver and stars. Is it always like this? he asked quietly. Like what, little one? Vader rumbled back just as quietly. Just... Luke struggled to find the words, his tongue failing to grasp the sheer immensity that was hundreds of thousands of people celebrating at once. This... lively, he tried. Whenever there's a party like this. Vader rumbled out a staticky chuckle that shook his shoulders lightly. I would not know, little star, he told Luke. As this is the first time this has ever happened, as far as I recall. Luke blinked. The first time? Indeed, Vader confirmed easily, looking out over the crowds, confetti and flowers still raining down. A couple find their resting place on his head, shoulders, and in the folds of his mantle, coloring beautifully against the black. As far as I am aware, and there is no manner in which I could not be, this is the very first time something like this has ever occurred aboard the lady on this scale, Vader continued. And Luke could hardly believe what he was hearing even as Vader spoke clearly, the man tilting his head slightly to glance down to where Luke was gaping at him, slack-jawed and wide-eyed. It seems that you are something truly unique indeed, little one, he finished, the air filled with warmth and certainty. I... I... Luke stammered, struggling to process the implications of that statement. This was the first time this had happened aboard the Lady. This was the first time this was happening aboard the Lady, and it was because it was in Luke's honor. He... he absolutely did not know what to do with that information. Still reeling from the second knock to his understanding of the lady he had received today, Luke nearly missed Vader laughing quietly. Yes, he agreed immediately to Luke's incoherent stammering. You, you are the one for whom they all came together today, little one. And Luke followed his gaze as he looked out over the crowd that was larger than he could ever remember imagining. Confetti and flowers, music and food... Apparently all at this once for the first time. And it was for him. He couldn't wrap his head around that, even if he tried. Why? He asked softly, feeling the question echo through his very core as he looked out over the hall. Why me? And this time Vader truly did laugh, his shoulders shaking with amusement as something poked a pinprick of light levity into his starless night. 
Oh, Luke, he murmured. And Luke shot him a questioning look at the fondly knowing tone in which that was said. It is because you were kind to them, little one, Vader answered at last. It is because you listened to them. It is because you worked for months on end to ensure their safety while asking for nothing. It is because of a million reasons and one. Red lenses turned to Luke, the lights and falling flowers of the party reflected in them. It is because you are you, Luke, Vader told him gently in a sentence that made no sense to Luke at all, and they thank you for it. He, he didn't know what to say to that. Staring wide-eyed into the red lenses that rested on him with such indescribable fondness, Luke was truly struck speechless as he realized the very beginning of what all this truly meant. Shaking his head slowly as he tore his eyes away and back onto the crowd, he opened and closed his mouth a few times without any sound leaving. I... I have no words, he admitted at last. When everything he could think to say to that came up horrifically inadequate at telling Vader just how much he was feeling at all this. Then say nothing, Vader advised, looking out over the sea of faces rained on by flowers. Simply think. Feel. You need not explain yourself to me. And that... that struck something in Luke. He'd always needed to explain himself to someone, to everyone, Explain how he knew things, explain how he felt things, explain the how and the what, that he couldn't because he simply knew and felt. But here he didn't need to. And he somehow got the feeling that right here, right now, with his mind opened and filled with starlight, Vader would understand no matter if he spoke or not. He decided to trust that feeling. So he closed his eyes and simply thought and felt. A sea of faces, ghostly, gentle touches along his hands and forearms, the rain of paper flowers in colors that astounded Luke, the thrumming of the air with something more. And throughout it all, there was a quiet, starless night, wrapped around him like a crate around its eggs, basking and warm. Smiling bright, Luke opened his eyes and looked up to the rain of flowers, tracking their fall and glancing sideways to Vader, both of them still standing in the middle of the rain. Colorful constructs of paper clinging to his home's shoulders and mantle in an elegant display of color that Luke found suited him wonderfully well. For all the man's protesting earlier on, Luke thought that perhaps he had never seen anywhere where his mentor belonged more, here amongst his people, every soul a shining star on the tapestry of his endless night. You know, he said quietly, thought still light like the dancing paper constructs that fluttered through the air. You were wrong about one thing. Vader shifted lightly, the air around him still content and warm. Oh, he hummed. And what might that be, little one? You said you wouldn't be welcomed here, Luke stated quietly, confidently. But I know that you were wrong. You say this party is in honor of me, that it was held for and because of me. He looked towards Vader utter calm washing over him as he spoke the next words, shining with truth. You are my home, he murmured quietly, and I am yours. Where you are welcome, I am, and where I am welcome, you are. That is the law of the desert, he recited in all confidence. And here I am welcome, thus, you are too. 
He looked out over the crowd again, countless faces laughing and singing and smiling as colorful bits of paper clung to their hair and clothes. I can't think of a statement more wrong than to deny that as truth. Vader was silent for a long while, a storm of emotions whipping up at Luke's side. He kept looking at the celebration, allowing Vader his time to work out what he felt and knew. At last, the man huffed out a quiet noise, and the Tempest settled into a resigned amusement and satisfied contentment, shot through with pride. Well, he murmured quietly, resting a hand on Luke's shoulder that Luke happily nudged into. I suppose it would be the height of foolishness to argue with such sound logic. Luke smiled brightly. It would indeed, he agreed. So I suggest you don't, and that we simply enjoy the festival instead. I don't doubt that if Gearbox was a part of the planning of this thing, this party has far from reached its peak, and I want to be there when it happens. Vader barked out a laugh that rumbled in static, and Luke grinned at the sound. That, little one, the vocoder rumbled in deep amusement, sounds like a plan indeed. Good, Luke said brightly, because I was going to drag you along anyway whether you agreed or not. More laughter followed those words, and Luke's own joy joined Vader as it spiraled through the silver-misted air, dipping and diving between all the other thousands of strands of emotion in an infectious dance that Luke dearly hoped wouldn't end any time soon. They could always go explore the rest of the party later, find out where the commanders and sergeants had ended up, celebrate a bit more of life and living. But for now, he and Vader stood side by side in a rain of paper flowers, as thousands of souls thrummed around them in simple, uncomplicated joy. For now, there was time for the both of them to simply bask in each other's presence before returning to interacting with other people again. For now, they were simply here, and for a brief moment of time, everything felt like it was made of liquid starlight, and the air around them was warm with contentment and love. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.